am the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hoes before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to my first time where we debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic of film or TV that one of us has never seen before. Will we see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello. And Eden. Catchphrase. And this week we're dancing across the faces of American presidents with the Alfred Hitchcock classic North by Northwest. Aiden, this is your first time. It's a film that Eden and I have seen many a times uh, individually. Never watched it together. Could rectify that one day, perhaps. I like but that. Aiden, why have you avoided this? Are you a Hitchcock avoider? Are you just an old film avoider? Tell the audience. Um, no, I don't avoid the cock. Um, I. Just- Sorry, that came out wrong. Um, <laughs> um, no, I honestly never heard of it. <laughs> I, I've heard of Alfred Hitchcock, and I, my sole knowledge is from The Simpsons. Um, but I, I don't know any. I couldn't name a single one of his films. I know there's one about. Is it about? Is it called The Crow or Birds or something like that? <laughs> the Crow. You, do you think That's you called could, The Birds. So yes. You, yeah, that is called The Birds. Do you think you could name a single other Hitchcock film? No, that's that's what I just tried to do, Aiden. I don't know no, if you're but listening. Like, legit, um, like, like, I feel like there's one Hitchcock movie that literally anyone could name. Uh, nah, got nothing. There was, there was, um, there's that thing on The Simpsons about knocking. Uh, nah, got nothing. This is not a gag. Nah. I got nothing. Nah, that's what's nah, the one you... I'm meant to know, Dan. <laughs> I'm assuming you're thinking of Psycho. I am thinking of Psycho. Uh, You've not heard of Psycho? I have heard of that. I didn't know that was Alfred Hitchcock, but I also haven't seen it. Right. So you're clearly painting a picture of yourself here, Aiden, of somebody who's not particularly a fan of classic cinema. Do you think that's a fair uh, bow to draw? I have a general rule in life to live in the now. <laughs> Be in the now. Mm-hmm. How come you're still listening to um, Blink-182 and Green Day then? Because they're still together, still putting out music, still touring the world, baby. They're back, they're back, baby! Get excited! <laughs> Alright, I gave you that moment. But uh, what about, like, the Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones, you know, great music of the past. You're a music man. Surely you embrace the past in some ways. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I, I have recently, and only recently, like the last few years, got into the Beatles. But I generally had a rule that if it was made before I was born, it was for a different generation. Hmm. Interesting. Does that, do you apply that logic to um, natural landmarks? 
So, like, do you refuse to go see a mountain because it was made before you were born? <laughs> I'm just saying pop culture-wise, things are made for that generation. They're made for that moment. And it's very hard to watch things or listen to things from the past because it's like it, we've moved on as a society. And, yes, there's brilliance, but it's hard to watch it, view it, listen to it with our modern-day eyes and ears. Do you do you not think maybe I'll throw this to Eden. Eden, don't do you do you agree or do you think there is art that transcends time and place? Oh, I do think there is art that transcends time and place and I think that uh I don't know, like I can understand what you're saying, Aiden, that uh modern eyes will look back at older films sometimes and just not kinda get the same uh stimulation. I think there's still something to those movies. And I think it's still important for us to maybe check out those older movies, especially when it comes to movies, I think. Uh, because there is something there in like the sort of history of cinema that's freaking great to watch. And also, I think that you can find some gems. Did you have a bad sort of old pop culture experience, Aiden, that steered you away from this sort of stuff? Like, did you just get really bored by something your dad tried to show you as a kid and, you know, you tardened your heart or? No, I just decided that. I don't know. I just decided I'm my own person. I'm going to live in the now. Um, look, I, I, it's not like a hard and fast rule. It's not like I'm like ignoring things for the sake of some silly rule. But generally, I don't like old things that much. Like, I, it's just, a, it's worked out that way. What was your relationship like with your grandparents? <laughs> Alright, should I be lying down on a couch right now? <laughs> oh, you just said you don't like old things. I thought there could this could be some sort of Freudian moment for you. No. Uh, Alright, well, for the listener at home, that perhaps like Aiden has has turned their back, has shunned the history of cinema. Uh, here's a little rundown of the film for you. North by Northwest is a witty, suspenseful and stylish spy thriller, one of the most loved and well-known from director Alfred Hitchcock's veritable filmography. Hollywood legend Cary Grant stars as Roger Thornhill, a smooth-talking, hard-drinking, Manhattan-advertising madman who unwittingly becomes entangled in life or death. Cold War espionage, when his identity is mistaken. Thornhill, mistaken for an American operative called George Kaplan, survives his initial encounter with anti-American spy Philip Van Damme, played menacingly by James Mason, but is set up for the murder of a UN official. The film then becomes centred around Thornhill's dogged efforts to clear his name, to unravel the mystery of his mistaken identity, and to bring Van Damme to justice. There is also a central love angle between Thornhill and Eve Kendall, Eva Marie Saint, who is both Van Damme's girlfriend and a US undercover agent. The spy angle is really all a bit vague. No foreign governments or spy agencies are explicitly mentioned by name, and exactly what dastardly deeds of espionage Van Damme and his henchman Leonard are up to are mostly left to the viewer's imagination. 
What we are left with is a series of set pieces in memorable locations, the murder at New York's UN building, a steamy train ride shared by Thornhill and Eve, an attempt at murder by crop duster in a cornfield, and of course, a deadly game of cat and mouse across the faces of Mount Rushmore. Obviously, in the end, the good guy is victorious, love conquers all, and a speeding train steams into a tunnel of love. But more on that later. North by Northwest has been acclaimed as one of the great films of cinematic history, regularly featuring in best-of-all-time journalistic endeavours. Second-best action film of all time by The Guardian, 13th in the BBC's Top 100 American Films, and Time Out magazine's greatest thriller of all time, just to name a few. But of course, all that matters for precious little right now, as the weight of opinion is given to this week's first-timer, Aiden. So what say you, Aiden? Is North by Northwest a suspenseful thriller that still shines 63 years after its release, or have the critics hailing it a masterpiece suffered from a regrettable case of mistaken identity? I want to take people back to the last episode that we recorded, which was Kanye West and his uh, album, Ooh. My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy. Oh, why? We're all just trying to forget, Aiden. Yeah, you do. At you, the you end of that episode. Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to get into the recent news. Um, <laughs> at the end of that episode, Dan, you branded this the, the hate series, I believe. Because mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. hated Kanye. And, you said, and I anticipated you hating this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. of its age. Sure. Because sure, I thought sure. you would have a narrow, childlike response to having to watch something from 1959. And normally, when I'm annoyed by having to watch these stupid films that you guys select, there's usually mm. like a group chat going on where I would be running with a bit of commentary of how appalling this was a use of my time and things. Did you re- did you receive anything? I did not. I did not either. So with that in mind, I didn't enjoy it enough to hate it. It was so boring. The opposite of love is hate, and it this I didn't uh-huh. hate this. It was just boring. It was just boring. Nothing more to it. Yeah. Just straight out boring. I didn't hate it. Just bored. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Eden, examine that for us. You know what? I'm gonna like I'm gonna transform back into Eden of say 2001, 2002, which is I think when I first saw it, I would have been like pre-pubescent, ish. Yeah. Well, no, sixteen. So I think right <laughs> in the pre-pubescent. pre-pubescent. Well, well, yeah. come on, come on. <laughs> We've heard the stories. <laughs> I, I developed late, but you know. I know you've got a beard late. now, but it's clearly compensation. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but back then, I remember the first time I watched North by Northwest, and I had seen Psycho. I had seen The Birds. I'd seen Vertigo, and I did think that North by Northwest was a bit dull, like a bit kind of middle of the road sort of not I, I didn't dislike the film i thought they had some really good moments i've always been a massive james mason fan so james mason in it i was just like oh wicked but which one's james mason he's the villain okay what else do you know him from eden i know him from the old pat boone journey to the center of the earth movie and 
I love that movie so much. That's like a childhood wow. love for me. <laughs> um, yeah, Tim, Pat Boone, uh, and a bunch of others, they basically improve upon the Jules Verne classic and go to the center right, of the Just one earth. boring film at a time. Let's, let's <laughs> come on, let's stay focused, please. It's like one of the, it's one of my biggest loves of cinema, right. that movie. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. Let's move on from Pat Boone. So, Eden, you find this film a little bit dull as a sixteen-year-old uh, with a hairless body. But <laughs> how has your opinion changed over time? Yeah, it was sort of interesting. I kind of didn't revisit North by Northwest for a while after watching as a teen, and then there was a stage production that was done here. Um, which, again, I was sort of, I was interested to see it, but watched it and was just mind-blown by how sort of they, they, they emphasised the comedy in the, the story. And I realised that North by Northwest works so well as just a great comedy in addition to a spy thriller. And so every rewatch since, and this is now my second rewatch since the... Uh, the stage play has just lifted for me because I realize it is it is definitely a spy thriller, but like James Bond, mm-hmm. it's a nonsense spy thriller. Like the fact that the stabbing in the UN takes place, Cary Grant goes up to the body, like picks up the knife, and then the person takes a photo of him, like looking gormless with a knife yeah. in his hand. Hilarious! I didn't realize that I was watching a comedy because I was used to Hitchcock being master of suspense. There is that suspenseful element, obviously, but it's, for me, a knee slapper. <laughs> I think for Hitchcock, what, I, what I've what i learned just really through, like, just a bit of reading about the film is that, yes, Hitchcock wanted to create this spy thriller, but I think he's sort of, it's very winking, and we maybe don't see it because we're watching something 60 years old, so we can't necessarily determine winking sort of self-parody from, or is that just how they made films at the time, you know, like, so one thing that bugged me probably the most in my early watchings, even though I've always loved this film is, you know, when they first get him drunk and they put him behind the wheel of the car and they're, they're trying to drive him over the edge of the cliff yep. and he, yes. but he gets away, but his drunk driving is just so terrible. Like he's just making the worst <laughs> drunk acting faces you've ever seen. But <laughs> that's, I think that's, that's in my notes. <laughs> I think that's sort of stylistic. Like, I think that's, Hitchcock sort of forcing the silliness of it all to the surface. I completely agree. And I think that's the thing. Like, you definitely, like you mentioned it, you see it at the end with the train going through the tunnel. That's just such a, like, almost a slap in the face joke (laughs) that you're like, well, great. Like, I've just, this is a punchline to a ridiculous film. Yeah. A hilarious way to end the film, really. Yeah. And and Hitchcock himself has noted it as a deliberately phallic symbol and uh, called it, you know, one of his uh, more ridiculous moments. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but 
Is there nothing, was there something, anything that redeemed this for you, Aiden? It's got so many famous scenes. Let us let me take you perhaps to the most famous, the one that you see in images, the one that you see uh, repeated whenever this film is brought up in any sort of documentary or whatever. The, the famous scene where he's getting gunned down from a crop duster, racing through the barren farmlands and the, cro- the cornfields. Yes. Did did you not enjoy the, the the silence, the tension, the 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 cinematicness of the moment? There's something great about it. I feel it's shot on film. It's got all this space. It's just beautifully framed. It's a, it's a great cinema moment. But yeah. nothing for you there. No, all this space. How do you miss? He can't hide behind anything. There is no buildings to jump behind. Like, how do you miss shooting somebody when there's Nothing else around to shield him. You're You're in a crop duster, Aiden. Nah, that guy needs to get his eyes checked. Like, that man is not the man for the job if he cannot shoot somebody in a plane when there's nothing around. Uh, I don't know, man. If you apply that logic to film, you can't enjoy any film where a good guy gets shot at. And you will never enjoy a Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Can I ask, um, Aiden... You, you mentioned uh, some of Hitchcock's other films. The Birds, named The Birds because there's lots of birds in it. Psycho, correct. named Psycho because there's a psycho guy in it. Also correct. North by Northwest. There's lots of North and Northwests in this. <laughs> like, what's where's the name come from? What, what did I miss with that? It that's that's the thing it literally means nothing. It's a working title that they just never replaced because they couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> Right, but it's it sounds kind of mysterious though, and it's a re- it's a made up direction. There is you can't actually direct someone to North by Northwest. That is not a real direction. Is this where South by Southwest got its name? Yes, that is part of its pop cultural impact. Right, because that was one of my first questions. I was like, did the music festival slash whatever it's branding itself as this week, um, get its name from uh, this film? And if so, why? I don't get it. There's no music in this film. I do have to say that, like, on the no music in this film, I like the theme, but the theme repeats a lot. (laughs) Yeah, the theme is so good, though. It's so good. That's got to be one of the best themes of all time. The, like, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been edited over my um, uh, my introduction oh, about good. the film, so the the listeners heard it if they've never seen the film before. It's so good. I <laughs> know, oh, but keep it, going I, with it your genuinely version, brings that was, that was wonderful. I could do more of that to be honest. No, I'm not doing it justice though. Close, close, ninety percent justice. I. My initial note, even though I'm loving the song as the opening credits play, is I'm so glad. We live in an era where there aren't huge pre-credit films, like pre-credit film sequences, you know, where there's like three, four minutes of film (laughs) and it's just title sequences. But I feel like that was even a thing in the 80s and 90s. I feel like it's really only the last sort of 15, 20 years, maybe, where that's definitely... I think I might have have even a fun fact. Uh, It might need to be fact-checked, but I think that it was George Lucas with Star Wars who essentially got kicked out of the Screenwriters Guild or one of the guilds because he was like, no, I want to open with the Star Wars text crawl. 
um, and not have opening credits and stuff. And so there was like some issues around that, and they yeah kicked him out of one of the got guilds. kicked out. Yeah, until eventually they shunned? were like, "Oh, you can come back." <laughs> wow. Yeah. Being shunned by a guild sounds so medieval. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, we've all seen Star Wars. It's a fantasy movie. What did you think? I'm interested in what you thought of some of the actors, uh, Aiden, as someone who's never maybe seen the lead, Cary Grant or James Mason or Eva Marie Saint. So I'd, I'd heard of uh, Cary Grant because he's mentioned in the, uh, the Good Charlotte song, um, Silver Screen Romance. Um, okay. So I knew him. Give us from the that. line. Can can uh, you sing it for us? Yeah, it was. It's something like, um, uh, uh, "You'll be my Betty Davis. I'll be your Cary Grant. Let's okay. go take the night forever." Or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. That's that's the knowledge I had. And then I also rec- uh, recognized the lawyer. I want to say was uh-huh. Get Smart's uh-huh. boss, Edward. Yes, Platt. correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the actor's name, but I was like, "Oh, that's the dude from Get Smart." That was a much better show. Well, so you like Get Smart? So you like that kind of style, like that era? Yeah. See, Get Smart is a comedy. This, if you have to question whether it's a comedy, if you don't know if something is a comedy, it's not a comedy. It's not enough lols in it to um to make you laugh to be classed as a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's well, Eden claimed. I think it's very funny, <laughs> but I don't think it's like billed as a comedy. <laughs> yeah, you know when the most I think you could say for you. Know, do you ever remember going to the video store and in the top corner of the video there was a little triangular sticker with mm-hmm. the genre of the film, and sometimes they would put two on there, top and bottom. Top one always its predominant genre. I, I, you'd have to say it's thriller predominantly. In fact, uh, Eden, you mentioned before you made a link to James Bond, something I never realised until doing the write-up for this film and reading Wikipedia, as we do, uh, (laughs) is that this predates James Bond and some critics have hailed it as the first James Bond film uh, really going on to inspire lots of that sort of filmmaking. Yeah. And, like, I I think it's really clear in that sort of weird spy thriller comedy vibe because those early James Bonds not a comedy well the early James Bonds and the Roger Moores they're hilarious <laughs> but they're that's us watching them in modern no, day I'm, eyes thinking they're no, funny but, like, but they were taken seriously of, at the time one of the Roger Moore movies has like a spaceship that eats another spaceship like it's stupid <laughs> it's always yeah, been stupid that, but that's that's us watching them in modern times with with knowledge of like Austin Powers and things like that like, nah, like at one at point the time, <laughs> they were action films I said at and one point look- At one point, Bond picks up Dr. No's wheelchair with a helicopter strut and then drops him down a chimney and it literally makes the sound effect like... (laughs) As he's going, I'll get you for this Bond! And he crashes at the bottom. That's a movie that was made! (laughs) Eden, I'm not saying they're not funny. I'm not saying that we don't view them as funny. But at the time... (laughs) <laughs> they weren't considered comedies. They weren't considered funny. They uh. were considered action f- spy films. Much like these days, every film released is a superhero film or whatever. In 50 years' time, we're going to look back and go, you're trying to tell me that there's a 
walking tree hanging out with a raccoon and they're flying in spaceships through space. I definitely say that Guardians of the Galaxy is a comedy. (laughs) I was going to say, I think you've just undermined your argument by (laughs) referencing a comedy. No, I think this, we talked about this just before that when we watch something old, it's hard to tell if it's like winking parody and taking itself lightly or if this is just what people... 30, 40 years ago thought could be taken seriously. I think it is hard to draw that distinction. That James Bond where Dr. Noe is dropped down the chimney is definitely a comedy, though. <laughs> like that, I think that someone made that choice as a gag. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Aiden. Did you see Alfred Hitchcock in the film? Yeah, so I know that he does his little cameo in all of them, uh, kind of like a, a Stan Lee in a Marvel film back in the day. Um, was he the the guy with the bus? It was it was getting into hang the on, bus with on, the bus driver or on. something? Please don't... You can't reference the originator of the cameo by making it sound like he's ripping off Stan Lee's <laughs> shtick from 10 years ago. Well, I'm just saying, I live in my generation. I live in the now. <laughs> Uh, sorry, but, what what were you saying? I yeah, was so, so blinded with rage. <laughs> he's the bus guy. He was the bus. He's in the first sort of like five ten minutes. Yeah, uh, correct. I can't remember. He's the bus driver or getting into the bus. A passenger. He's like outside the front of the bus. Yeah, he's trying to get on the bus, but the doors close. Yeah, and yeah. They slam in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I I think there's some great dialogue in this that sort of supports the more comedy angle that you're proposing, Eden. Which I remember several years ago when you first proposed to me, I was like, eh. But some of the dialogue is funny. Like, (laughs) the romantic dialogue is like, got to be cutting edge dirty for 1959 when she's like, you know, I'm a big girl. And he's like, and in all the right places. Or a... Come on in, the champagne's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was another good one too. Uh, oh no, I didn't write it down. Oh no, this one. The moment I meet an attractive woman, I have to start pretending I've no desire to make love to her. What makes you think you have to conceal it? She might find the idea objectionable. Then again, she might not. It's just, like, so out there for the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. I actually uh, read on on Wikipedia that one of her lines is, original lines was, I never make love on an empty stomach, and it had to be dubbed post in edit, uh, in the editing suite, because it wasn't going to get past the film censors, and she says, I never talk about love on an empty stomach. (laughs) <laughs> so much dialed down. Yeah, definitely. Here's one for you. Did did you write down on your notes, Aiden, about the weird kissing? Uh, no, I didn't. Like for me, the <laughs> is that because part... that kissing isn't weird for you? Is this <laughs> were you like ah finally my own style of kissing reflected in film? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's representing me. Nah, the weirdest acting and and moments was the driving for me. Like, very Mm over-the-top acting while driving. Not just the drunk scene that you referenced before, but also driving. Like, I was like, 
have you guys ever driven cars before? Like, my son could do a better job of pretending that he's driving and talking at the same time. With they green do screen move the wheel bonnet. lots in these old films, yeah, don't they? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> what about you, Aiden? Uh, Eden? Did you notice any... Did you did the kissing between um, Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint strike you at all as unusual? If not, let me describe what happens. They They just kind of hold their faces together. Yeah. There's no movement of the lips. There's no connection. Uh, and I, I did a little bit of research yeah. while watching, and apparently that was just purely you couldn't get lustful kissing past the senses. So lots of old films, they just sort of hold their faces on each other without yeah. any movement, and that's how you get the kissing yeah. into the cinemas. Bizarre. <laughs> Fun fact. But nice to know that's how you and uh, your wife Leah kiss, Aiden. Uh, all power to you. We keep it PC. I, you know, we're traditionalists. I put my weight behind just the people who hold their faces together without movement. <laughs> Good for you. We'll return after these messages. Now, for great kisses, Maybelline introduces Fresh and Lovely Kissing Potion. Flavored roll-on lip gloss. Shines up lips or lipstick. Outshines pot gloss and stick gloss by a smile. No color, just a kiss of flavor. Strawberry, mint, cola. Six flavors so delicious, share it with a friend. Hello, fresh face. That's you with a little help from Maybelline. Fresh and lovely kissing potion. Fine makeup, sensibly priced. While we get to the scores, Eden, could you just set some tension with uh, your rendition of the theme once more? Uh, sorry. All right, here we go. I am I feel like I'm getting worse every run through. No, 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 it's beautiful. I can hear it in my head so vividly. It's hard to replicate. I wonder what else you can hear in your head. I could probably do a pretty good James Mason impression. All right, then, mister, you're going to have to explain yourself. That's not, that's not a bad joke. That was James a little Mason. bit... That wasn't too bad. It was... Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, give me something All else right. to say. <laughs> just say, uh, oh, come on now, Mr. Kaplan. You can't expect us to believe that. I don't even know if that's the line, but it hey, feels here we go. right. Oh, come on now, Mr. Kaplan. You can't expect us to believe that. It's not too bad. It's it's a little bit like uh, there's a little bit of sea shanty captain in there yeah. that perhaps okay. uh, right. is not in James Mason. I'll work on that. it. I'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. iPhone test. Let's start with you first time, Aiden. Uh, can I change my iPhone test to um, sleep test? Um, <laughs> because at the fourteen fifty eight mark, I uh, woke myself up. Uh, I'd only been asleep for maybe 30 seconds at most, but I was like, you know, like when your head starts to dip and you're like, oh. Are you talking about 15 minutes into the film? 14.58, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. What time of night are you watching it? Do you know, regular, I don't know, like 8 o'clock, 7.30, something like that, like. Outrageous. Um, So, yeah, I'd have to give it a zero. Absolute zero. Yowza. Eden. I'm going to go three 
I think that, like I said, that it does drag in some parts, and uh, for a for a modern eyes, that is tricky to to stick with sometimes. Yeah, that's fair enough assessment. Uh, I've got to try to assess it on you know my first viewing. I think first viewing for me was uh, was very very gripping in parts, but I also just think it's stylistically quite stunning. So if you like old cinema, it just looks beautiful, and um, I, I really rate it. So I'm going to give it a four. I do agree. Some of these older films, the pacing could be improved. Perhaps that's just uh, modern taste, though. Cultural significance. Uh, we- so I got to play it straight. You know what I mean? Like I got to just tell it how it is for me. I'm not trying some shtick here for you, Eden, to rival you up or ravel you up or whatever. I'm but a little I'd wild never and rabble. Heard of the film? I'd never heard of the film, nor had I seen any of the actors in anything else except Get Smart. Uh, I know that Hitchcock is very famous and he's done lots of stuff that's impacted, but I don't know that this film for me has. If you give it a zero now, your credibility will never recover. It will never recover. Any shred of credibility you have evaporates. I'm not going to give it a zero. But I don't think I can... Anything less than two puts you in laughable categories. Don't you threaten me. I'll do I'm what I want. I'm just telling the facts. I'm telling you the facts. <laughs> These are facts based on your opinion. That's For that exact reason, it can't be a fact. Uh, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Ooh. This, is just, this is just you being petty. I just said, me. I'm playing it straight. For me. I'm telling you no, how it is for me. You're just being petty because I tagged you in an Instagram story that had a Halloween dress-up as Kanye West as just a garbage bag. That's what this is. <laughs> Eden. Oh. Pop culture significance. Look. I, I'm going to bump mine up from my initial rating just to kind of See, counter. This is, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Play it straight. Play it how it is. I'm not trying to right. attack you. I'm just saying it how it is. If I wanted to attack you, I'd give it a zero. And you need to do the same for your rating. Play it straight. Don't try and compensate right. for me. All right. No, okay. I'll, I'll play it straight. I wrote down four. I think that... I think that everyone has seen references to North by Northwest. I think even the music is familiar to a lot of people if you hear it. Um, And I also think there's that great... There's there's so many movies that have a finale set at Mount Rushmore uh, because of North by Northwest. I'm just going to say, just off the top of my head... like Richie Rich. Richie Rich! Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. So I'm going to go four, and that's not bumping it up. I would have bumped it up to a five to accommodate for the 1.5 score. But Okay, can I throw it out there, though? I think you're right in a lot of ways in that, yes, it's referenced in so many things, but I didn't know that it was. But Do you're know what a I'm Simpsons like, fan, aren't you? Like, you know The Simpsons. I, yeah, but I didn't... Yeah, exactly, but that's my point, though, that I didn't know that they were even referencing anything. And who does that tell us the most about? 
Well, I'm saying that yes, it's it's almost surpassed its own um, references, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, the... I'm not sure if that doesn't still speak to its cultural significance. Anyway, I've debated this. I'm I, I've debated this pre-recording. I think it's so close to a five that I looked back at some of the films that we've done previously just to try and guide my decision. I didn't want to uh, artificially elevate it for the personal love I have for it. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I was trying to think what a 5 would be. I think 5 has to be like Star Wars yeah, or something like that. Um, I think it's a 4.5, which is what I gave Die Hard, and I kind of feel like they're both really influential huge films so for me it's very close to a five but a, a 4.5 returnability aiden how many more times will you be watching uh, north by northwest zero and what score would you like to give it out of five <laughs> so what <laughs> never mind eden <laughs> uh i'm gonna give it a four one for every time i've watched it i'm gonna give it a five i've honestly seen this so many times i took a group of friends to moonlight cinema to see this uh i've seen the stage show like you have eden which is incredible honestly i know for a fact you would enjoy the stage show aiden it is one of the most creative funny uh ingeniously stage shows i've ever seen um, so yeah, for me, returnability is a five and that's, that is fact because it's my number. Partner friendliness, Aiden. Um, I think this one I'll probably give the highest in that I, I don't think, I don't think it's overly overtly, overtly sexist or anything like that. There is only one female character in the film though. That's definitely going to turn off a lot of women there's two there's two um, the mother there's his mum she's important too right okay yep sure um uh, uh two and a half i don't think it's getting you anywhere with that sort of film but i can see how some uh women would enjoy it in in some ways it, it, i don't know Cool. If you were wanting to drive your train into a tunnel, maybe. <laughs> sure, but uh, it's a long run-up. That that's a long drive, like <laughs> before you get to the tunnel. <laughs> Eden. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that some of the best lines in the movie are Eva Marie Saints. I think that she's just so funny, quick-witted dialogue. I think. I'm giving it a three, a solid middle of the road three for partner friendly. I think it is a good movie to watch with a partner, but not necessarily the best movie to watch with a partner. Mm. Probably predictably by now, I think I'm going to give it the highest score of the three of us, only because Ash has watched this multiple times. Really? Um, she's watched it at least once before, and when I said, oh, hey, you want to watch it for the podcast? She was like, oh, yeah, all right. Like, there was no, uh, 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 I've seen it before. She was happy to watch it. 
Um, I don't know that she was fully engaged. Like, she might have been knitting a blanket, which is something she's liking to do at the moment. But, you know, she was paying attention to enough of the sequences, happy to engage with me about discussing it. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. Not astronomical, but uh, certainly, uh, certainly a decent film to watch with someone, I think. All right, well... We got to uh, just put those numbers into our uh, into our little uh, calculation machine, crunch them up, and we'll be back with some final readouts in a moment. All right, it is time for us to talk about the things in the pop culture universe that we are loving. I'm going to start with you today, Aiden, and I'm going to give you a tight twenty seconds. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Tell me when my time starts. Your time begins now. I would like to recommend the third album from The Beths. It's called Expert in a Dying Field. They're from New Zealand. They're sort of like an indie chick band. Um, Very beautiful vocals mixed with sort of a Weezer sort of sound. I uh, highly recommend the title track, Experts in a Dying Field, but Silence is Golden. Is and also time. Blah. Time. Can you hear the timer? <laughs> I do. It is beeping. <laughs> Just for the benefit of the listener, so they can hear the abuse of time that you two subject me to on a podcastly basis. Eden, your 20 seconds begins now. I don't think it's any surprise that I'm going to recommend Amazon Prime's (laughs) Rings of Power or Lord of the Rings prequel series. Uh, I know it's been copying some flack from fans for being maybe not canon to the books or anything like that, but I still think it captures some of the beauty of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, it fixes up some of the Hobbit mess, and I think it's a good time. What was it called time. again, Aiden? <laughs> oh. It's called The Rings of Power, or The Lord I of the Rings, The I've Rings of Power. I think I've seen a film on SBS on a Friday night called that, Ring, Rings of Power, Ring, something like that, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's that's pornography, um, but it's still a good watch. Well, recommend, no, no, I'm not recommending that, but it just sounds sounds dodgy. Was was everybody on this podcast's first experience with nudity and film thanks to watching SBS when your parents weren't around? Ooh. Yes. It has to be for me. I don't think yes. so. I reckon it would have been like a um, a film that Dad thought held up. And we started watching it, something like National Lampoons or Stripes or any of those 80s films where women yeah, just walked around Caddy with no Shack. top on. Yeah, Caddy, any of those, any of those. I reckon Dad would have gone, oh yeah, Aiden will love this, and then forgot that that scene's in there, you know? But see, I now think, maybe I saw it in like Alien when they're getting out of the, the cryo tubes and I think some of the women may be topless at some point. Oh, you no? could be, but Am I wrong? that was first. Maybe I just wished. Some questionable parenting I going think on. Maybe. Although that said, I, I don't think I was. Well, I don't think I was like. I, I think I was probably more embarrassed because I was watching it with my parents. It wasn't like, oh, my parents yeah, yeah. are out. What's on SBS? Whole oh, Nelly. <laughs> All right. Very good. Who's timing me or am I giving myself unlimited? How dare you? All right. Let no, me. No, I think Aiden, you're on time. Uh... <laughs> All right. Time starts now. I would like to tell our listeners that they should watch... Come on! They should watch a TV series called Barry. It's got Bill Hader. It's about an assassin. Season three is great. Time's up. 
<laughs> Less is more, gentlemen. I just you didn't need any of that the, time. They, they don't need your details, gentlemen. Just your just your word is is gold for our our rusted on listeners. I I don't understand um, your thinking, Eden, in recommending something that everyone's heard of before. Like they don't need the exposure. I, I think I think it's something that people might not check out because uh, they've heard some bad things about it and stuff, or they've heard that like Amazon are making it, and so therefore it's evil. But check it do out. You, do you think? Do you do you have any guilt about watching something made by Jeff Bezos? What guilt would yeah, I have? Yeah, definitely. But I, I think know, I can... Just put... like a worker exploiter. Ah. Uh, no. And yeah. he's bald. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, I, I do. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm sure you're wearing show. Nike shoes and, you know, the, the, uh, driving around. Uh... But, but you know what I mean? Up. Like, everything's got some kind of issue with it. It's true. True. It's true. Very I'm true. sure every every studio has a scumbag. Yeah. Or several. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to North by Northwest. <laughs> the numbers are in. And a very, very respectable outcome. Uh, balanced, certainly, by your hatred and, and perhaps my love. And, and even well, well, near well, love. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. Whoa, I'm going to cut you off there. Oh, Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I apologise. I apologise. I know where you're going with this. Your antipathy. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. I was just bored by it. I didn't. I didn't. Your am. It didn't annoy me enough to hate. It's. I'm just bored. Your ambivalence. Yeah. Well, the final score places it just into the my first time top ten on a highly respectable thirty-five points. Just edging out the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Ooh. 34.5. And Twilight, which I still am staggered by the getting of 34.5. Wasn't that all Simon uh, and Taylor's sitting, fault? <laughs> I'm sure that was so much in life is Simon Taylor's fault. And sitting one point behind Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone on 36. Okay. So there it goes. Just, uh, it's a pretty respectable to, to reach top 10 now. Uh, some of the company around it, some of the other things above it include uh, The Sandlot, which we did recently, Die Hard, Forrest Gump, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ooh, uh, yeah. The Warriors, uh, and just below it, things like White Men Can't Jump, Dirty Harry, The Room, The Breakfast Club, and BMX Bandits. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just fractionally better than BMX Bandits. Who would have thought? Wow. <laughs> well, Aiden, it's been a long time since we've had a guest, and I, I hear that you might want to put that aright. Yep, I'm bringing a guest in, somebody to back me up. I don't know if that's true. In fact, he'll probably say the opposite of anything I say, just for funsies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, friend of mine, Andrew Kilmartin, he's a, he's a news reader on the radio. Uh, well, he was when I knew him and worked with him and, uh, he's going to join us on the next episode. He's thrown out a list of a whole stack of things he's never seen. Uh, and we've chosen two that we're going to put on Instagram, a bit of a poll for people to decide between, uh, your choices are option number one, big, the Tom Hanks classic. Uh, from 
I want to say one of his first films. Like I know it was Bachelor Party was before this, but I think this opened him up. Would to you like to say it's one of his first big films? There we go. Oh, option number two: Harry and the Hendersons, uh, which. I would argue probably not as famous, big at the time, but I don't think it's lived on as well. <laughs> what? I said the word big again. Is that funny? Yeah, that was funny. That yeah, was it funny. Was good. It was good. <laughs> but the fact that you're mad that we're laughing at it robs you of... I thought you were being funny. Come on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to claim that? Anyway. Uh, uh... So, so we're going to put chuck it up on Instagram, Dan? Yes, that will be on our Instagram. So uh, maybe uh, a few days after uh, this uh, North by Northwest podcast drops, uh, we will uh, put that poll up. And I do want to say an apology to the the listeners who reached out to us, who were furious that at the end of our Kanye West episode, when we announced North by Northwest, uh, there was there was anger and frustration at the fact that we never made any connecting jokes. Uh, between Kanye, his child, and Northwest, and this film. It was a missed opportunity. It's one that we're very regretful for. So it's why we're doubling down on big jokes to end this episode. Uh, Well, it's it's been a pleasure. I I was less angered by your opinions than I anticipated, Aiden. Good? (laughs) Is that a good thing? I don't know. Am I... Am I just not as divisive anymore, or uh, am I more balanced, or um, are you you're bored mellow. by me? <laughs> no, you're just getting mellow. Oh, well. <laughs> what can I do about that?